Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show. When it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and ClarkDeals.com is where we post up-to-the-minute savings for your wallet at all different kinds of places, all different kinds of goods and services. So at Clark.com, our main website, got a bunch of message boards where we all help each other. But there's one special one called Clark Stinks. It's where you can let me know where advice, guidance, information that I'm providing you feel has missed the mark or is worse, just plain wrong. Go there, go to Clark Stinks when I've disappointed you and post what it is you feel I have come up short on. And then weekly, Krista, our producer, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights of them right here with you on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. You're not smiling. Do you not have one that's fun to start with? Usually you start with one pretty pithy. Okay. Used mattresses. There is an article on Clark.com that says mattresses should be bought new. No offense, but everyone can afford a brand new mattress. Not everyone can afford a brand new mattress. It's my understanding that even a relatively cheap mattress that's brand new still costs hundreds of dollars. At least the powers that be at eBay appear to be understanding when it comes to this issue. So used mattresses under the law in most jurisdictions, they have to be reconditioned. And there are now a handful of charities in most major cities that are taking in used mattresses, reconditioning them, and putting them for sale at extremely low prices at their thrift stores. So, yes, that is a potential way to save money. You also will find that when people can't get rid of a mattress, they will put it on freecycle.com. And you'll be able to pick up somebody's used mattress for free as far as buying new mattresses the great news is that mattresses are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper after we went through that cycle of people spending incredible numbers of dollars buying a mattress now because of the compressed mattresses in the box there are now a lot of sellers selling queen and king mattresses for two, three hundred dollars, that are really, really nice mattresses to sleep on. Clark, why are you at such a loss for words when discussing 3D printing or 3D manufacturing? The term of art, from what I understand, is additive manufacturing, which better captures the process of adding layers of material to a thing. One day, John and Jane will have a 3D printer at home and purchase the design of products we need, manufacturing them in their own homes. Cheers. 
And what part of that, What I don't understand. I think they wanted you to use the the term additive manufacturing when you're talking about them. Oh, oh, I got it. Because I've always been befuddled by 3D. And the things that we're going to be able to make with additive manufacturing are just things beyond what even your imagination can grasp. It's really, really great what's coming. It's going from uh, kind of one-off manufacturing of specific exotic parts to people tinkering with them as kind of like hobbyists that were moving into an era where 3D printing, additive printing, additive manufacturing, right, is going to revolutionize how quickly products are available and at what cost. Clark, 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 you missed the boat when you when the woman asked you about selling her big house after living there only one year. You neglected to tell her that the profit from selling after one year would be taxed at her regular income tax rate. If she waited two years to sell, she would only pay the capital gains tax of 15%. Perhaps you thought she couldn't make much profit after living there only one year, but she still should have to have she still should have been warned of that possibility. Okay, so my understanding is that she can't, if it's her personal residence, she keeps it two years, she can shelter quarter million if she's a single individual, free of tax. But holding a property for 12 months would make her eligible for lower capital gains rates, but she would not have the quarter of a million dollars safe harbor. So I'll read up on that because... That's my understanding. The circumstance of that particular call was so rare as a call I get, it's possible that I did blow the answer, but I don't think so. But I'll correct it if I did. Sorry, Clark, you missed the mark on this one. I tried to get my credit limit raised through Best Buy as part of a kitchen remodel. The woman from their credit department told me that they couldn't help me as my credit was frozen and I needed to unfreeze via Equifax. I'm sure you had previously said that if a card issuer had me as a client, they were automatically allowed to view my report, even when frozen. Who's right? Regardless, thanks for sharing your insights with us. We all appreciate it. So this was Best Buy? Yeah. So unless Best Buy changed who does their store credit program and you had an existing line with the Best Buy in-house credit, you do not have to thaw your credit file for them to evaluate a review. An existing line of credit can be reviewed at any time, even when frozen. Let me give you an example. You know how more and more credit card issuers give you access to your credit score at will, either on a monthly statement or at their website, it's because even if your credit's frozen, they're accessing your current credit status every 30 days because they want to make sure nothing's gone crazy with you and they should quickly shut off your available credit. So existing lines of credit always have access to review your credit and there's no need for it to be thought. Hi, Clark. You told a caller that UMA could not be used to monitor an alarm system. While that was once true, UMA does now have an alarm system mode. Simply log on to your account, select Preferences, then Device, then Edit. 
You can then change to an alarm system mode. This does not affect your ability to make and receive phone calls. My alarm company originally told me that UMA wouldn't work as well, but after changing the mode and running several tests, I can confirm that UMA works with my Honeywell alarm system. This has saved me about $28 a month for a landline phone. Thanks, Jim. And Jim, even greater news now, UMA sells its own home security system. And it's a full suite that you self-install with all the various phases being installed wirelessly in your home. The monitoring on it is $5.99 a month. If you want to, if you're a premier customer of UMA, the monthly monitoring is free. The initial equipment that you have to buy for a typical home will cost you uh, somewhere less than $300 in order to get all the equipment you need to set up monitoring. One special thing they offer that I'm very sensitive to, having had water leaks in my home before, is as part of their system, you can, for $29, get a water leak detector. Dear Mr. Clark... On your show, you stated... Why, mister? <laughs> Why not just Clark? You stated that Airbnb was the best site for vacation rentals. As both a vacation rental owner and a vacation rental user, I have to respectfully disagree. I find that VRBO's platform is set up to provide much more accurate descriptions and better search results. Although as an owner, I advertise on VRBO, Airbnb, and many other sites. As a traveler, I find VRBO to be a safer, better platform to find what I'm looking for. I appreciate all the good you do. Thanks, Mike in Trinidad, California. Mike, I appreciate that. And VRBO serves principally a different market, a moderate to high-end vacation market. And VRBO had a vulnerability that is no fault of their own, but there were criminals that were exploiting the VRBO system and were stealing money from would-be renters. And I don't want to get into too much how the method of operation worked, but let's say that I've done several TV stories about it, and I've wanted people to know how to protect themselves. The important thing using VRBO as a booking source is you want to make sure you use their HomeAway payment platform and never send anybody a wire for the money that you're paying because often the money ends up taking a one-way trip to con artists who have nothing to do with the property listed on VRBO. The property owner has no idea that the con is going on, and you, the would-be renter, have paid your money and have nothing to show for it. The advantage with Airbnb is from the ground up, their entire platform is established where payments are made through their system and money is not released the property owner till the renter has shown up and everything is as should be as it should be. We should have a sound that we play when we have a razor post or talk about razors because we get 
so many of them. Do I have anything? When Susan called for information on shave clubs, Clark advised that Harry's offers a more high-end product that costs as much as $30 a month. Yikes. Steaming pile alert. This could not be further from the truth. Harry's offers one type of razor, a five-blade, at $15 for eight blades, or $1.87 each, with free shipping, or $8 for four blades at $2 per blade. You can set up your automatic shipments to come every month or as infrequently as once every five months. You can also pause your subscription or skip a shipment anytime if you have too many blades. Dollar Shave Club offers a four-blade razor for $6 or four for four, $1.50 each, or a six-blade razor at $9 for four, $2.25 each. You can choose monthly or even every other month subscription, and Dollar Shave Club also allows you to pause your subscription. The difference between the pr- in the price between them is cents, not dollars. They both offer trials when you get a free, where you get a free razor handle and a couple of blades for about $3 or less. So I'd recommend trying both and seeing which works best for you. Just remember to cancel before the trial period ends if you don't want to receive more shipments. Thank you for that post. That was an older broadcast that you heard that on, uh, Replay. And the pricing of both models is very close now. And the thing is, Harry's and Dollar Shave Club have devastated the market for Gillette. And Gillette is scrambling, lowering prices of blades, offering new blades at cheaper prices. And the competition that these online sellers, and now Harry's sells in Target also, the online sellers have brought has absolutely changed a market that was outrageously expensive when Gillette had a near monopoly on blades. I love competition. And I appreciate so much your posts. When you feel like I'm giving bad information, my information's obsolete, that I'm giving people bad guidance, I need to hear from you. We all learn together. We all work together to serve each other. And if you want to post, you go to Clark.com, click on on connect on our main menu and then go to the message boards clark stinks is a message board on clark.com and we have lots of other message boards when you're there that you'll see how people do help each other first the bad news sap business ai won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in southeast asia Identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Kyle is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. How can I be of service to you? Um, I had a question because I'm getting ready to start a small business, and so I'm looking at all these merchant services charges, and I'm trying to find a company that like won't rake me across the coals for trying to provide a convenience to my clientele for being able to pay by credit card. Or what's uh, your average ticket likely to be? About three to five hundred dollars. Really. Three hundred to five hundred dollars per transaction. Yeah, looking at about fifteen to twenty thousand in revenue a month. Wow. Okay, so you got a big per ticket charge, which changes the answer, which is why I asked that question. And uh, are the cards going to be present? Yes. 
Okay, that's really important, too. Do you know why that's so important? I think with some, I was reading some of them, you get a higher charge of like a full percent if it is entered manually. Exactly. So I'm going to tell you something you may or may not be aware of. The best place for you to get merchant clearing is going to be with Costco Wholesale or Sam's Club. Are you a member of either of the warehouse clubs? I am a member of Costco. Okay. So with Costco, you'll want to um, pay the higher membership fee to be a, um executive member instead of a regular member, which is 120 a year instead of 60 because they'll give you a better deal on merchant processing if you're an executive member. Okay. And the clearing rates are really good with the both the Costco and the Sam's Club program. So is that dog coming for me or for you? For me, that's Bella. She likes to bark. <laughs> well, hello to Fella. It's <laughs> oh, funny. So no, as long as Fella doesn't so want to eat me up, I'm good. She's nice. Okay. So with the Costco program, when you have the card present, you'll pay 1.22% of that transaction plus 12 cents. So since your ticket price is so high, getting the 1.22% is great. Yeah, because everything else I was seeing was like 2.89% and 30 cents. So, that, well, you know, but Costco has such a massive base of customers that they can, members, they can go to merchant processors and say, we want the best deal possible for our members, and they're able to drive that price down. So look at that. One other thing I wanted to mention to you, the processing equipment, buy it, don't lease it. Okay. The leases on equipment are almost 100% of the time a complete and total ripoff. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com's our main web address, and ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money. So there's an unusual pattern going on right now that I need to make sure you are fully aware of. And it involves the insurance industry. Historically, insurers are either in a market share mode or a profit mode. And so what will happen is insurers, an insurer will decide, you know what, we need to get more customers. And they'll cut rates to try to get more customers, offer more deals. And then after a while they'll say, hmm, we're not real happy with our profits, so we're going to start raising rates. And they're willing to shed customers to a competitor so they can get more net profit. 
Well, those normal, and I'm oversimplifying patterns, are broken right now because of the relentless wave of natural disasters that have hit the country. Multiple hurricanes, winter storms, the wildfires that have hit the West, all the various weather events have led to well more than $100 billion, billion with a B, in losses for the insurance industry in a relatively short period of time. So insurers are a little shell-shocked, and they are pretty much and you can't talk about this as a monolith like every single company is going to react the same, but generally insurers are willing to lose you in order to stop losing money. And so odds are pretty strong they're going to push up prices at your next renewal. The price increases could be pretty large as a result. Again, normal patterns broken. So when normal patterns are broken, what I'm going to recommend to you becomes even more central to your wallet. So if you get a renewal notice, says your premium's going up 30%, 50%, whatever, take that as a signal, as long as you've had no claims in recent years, to go shop your insurance for homeowners because insurers are not all reacting the same on this. There's a general move as a result of the aftermath of this massive wave of claims to push rates up, but again, not all insurers are going to classify you the same, calculate risk for you the same, or compute a premium for you the same. So the more you shop, If you get a bill shock from your existing insurer, the better you're likely to get that under control. Jennifer joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jennifer. Hey, Clark. Jennifer, you're buying a new home. Is that congratulations are in order? That's the plan. That's what we need to do, yep. Well, great. How can I be of service to you in this? So we're looking at buying in the same area that we're in now. We need to upsize um, an incorporated in-law suite. Um, So getting a a larger house, we have a lot of equity in our current home. We've been here about 17 years. Uh, And the more that we talk to other people, the more it looks like it would be a good option for us to keep our current home as a rental property because there's a low rental inventory in this area. and so we're just not sure. We've heard a lot of different things about how to go about that, what the mortgage process is at that point, about pulling equity out to make a down payment on the new home, and we're just kind of confused about that process. All right. Well, I've got several angles to discuss with you, and let's go back full circle before I go into the most important angles. How much did you originally pay for the home you're living in now versus what it's worth today? We, our original mortgage was for about 113000 and it's worth around 180000 now, and we owe about eighty. Okay, so you answered it for me, because what I was looking 
over those 17 years was if you'd had a massive gain in the value of the home and you have not had what would be considered to be a massive gain. You've had a nice Mm -hmm. appreciation, but not a massive gain. The reason that's important and the reason I asked you that first is that if you had had a multiple of hundreds of thousands of dollars of gain on the current home, I would want you to sell it even if the economics said it would be a good rental property because the way the law shelters that gain from the sale of a personal residence. Okay. But since the gain is uh, moderate by those kind of terms, turning it into a rental property I love because you know the area, you know the neighbors, you know the neighborhood, and you feel good about it and comfortable and can you make money from the first month? Yes. Then that sounds like a made-to-order rental property. Okay. So one of the regrets I've had in real estate was there was a property I lived in that I sold that I, to this day, I still can't believe I sold it because it would have been like the most primo, wonderful rental property ever. <laughs> so when you have one of those, i like for you to have it. So before you buy another house, you can set up a home equity line of credit on the existing one. Okay. And as an owner-occupied property, you can borrow the money at a decent rate, not fantastic, but enough to cover the down payment on the new home you're buying with the in-law suite. How much down payment are you going to need versus cash you have available? Um, at the high end of what we're looking at, we'd probably need about 70% of our current equity. Okay. Uh, but in terms of cash you have available, do you have like no cash available to you in savings? We have, we have some. Yeah, we have some. So we could probably knock that down to about, you know, 50 to 60%. Okay. Yeah. I want you to get that down. Because um, how much down payment are you looking at total? Um, it depends on what we find, but it would be anywhere between probably 50000 if we're going with a 20% down payment, um, fifty to 75000 would be. Okay. All right. You're, you're probably going to be okay at those kind of numbers. And how long are you looking at that it would take you to pay down that home equity line? Well, I haven't really done the calculations on that because we're just kind of in this process now to to, are we doing a home equity line and, you know, all that kind of stuff. All right. The reason I'm asking is that if you're going to use rent that you would be generating from the property to pay off that home equity line, that you're going to generate enough rent that you'll be able to pay that off in a relatively small number of years, mm-hmm. the home equity line is the right answer. On the other hand, if you think it would take you, let's say, five years to pay that off, the money that you would pull out in order to generate that down payment, mm-hmm. then I'd want you to look at a home equity loan instead. Okay. And that's a fixed rate where the home equity line would be a floating rate. Okay. And credit unions are the by far the best place to consider and look at for a home equity loan. Are you a member of a credit union yet? We're not currently. All right. I want you to go join one near you. Go in and talk with a loan officer about doing a home equity loan. Okay. And five years is a key number. 
Because if you can pay that off in five years, the interest rates are very favorable on a home equity loan. If you move it to 10, it becomes less favorable. Okay. And if you do need like a 10-year cycle to do it, then as reluctant as I am to say it, you might have to consider refining your existing loan on that property and incorporating in what you're going to need as a cash out for the down payment on the new property. Okay. But that's where the loan officer at the credit union could be very helpful to you in okay. figuring out what uh, financially is going to be the best option. Okay. And are there mortgage companies and loan officers that specialize in a second home loan more so than like a primary or first-time buyer market? Oh, and you mean in terms of the mortgage on the new property? Right. The whole market's available to you. What I like for okay. you to do is if you like your existing lender, give them a shot at it. The bank you currently do business with, the credit union you're going to join, uh, mortgage brokers or bankers who can shop multiple sources. They're all available to you. The one thing I would not do with the purchase of this new home is go to an online lender. I love online lenders for refis. I'm not comfortable with them for purchases because if something gets complicated and you're only calling a disembodied voice on an 800 number, that I'm not comfortable with. James joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, James. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Oh, good. I'm freezing, but I'm good. Well, I'm sorry you're freezing. <laughs> Let's see if I can warm up your day. Okay. Um, so I run a small business. It's just me, my wife, and one employee. And we are trying to save money on our credit card processing fees. Um. We currently use Tesis, and we've been getting a lot of calls saying that um, we qualify for wholesale credit card processing because we haven't had any negative um, marks on our credit processing, no chargebacks or anything like that. And so finally I uh, took one of the calls and had the guy come in and talk to us, and he looks over our um, – charges or for the past year and a half and says that they can save us anywhere from $2,500 to $3,000 a year, um, which sounds great. But then I look online and, and there's just a lot of negative reviews about how all of this works. Yeah, it's a bunch of baloney. It's a marketing okay. technique. <laughs> so what are you paying? Well, first, let me ask you, what's your charge volume per month? Um, we average anywhere from twelve to sixteen thousand a month. Some months will spike. Um, That's a, a very bit. high charge volume and makes it one of the top expenses of your business. Yes, the cost of clearing those charges. Yep. And what's your average ticket? Your average purchase? Um, I would say so. We run um, our clients run a program, so they have a monthly recurring charges. And the average would be right around four fifty. Four hundred fifty dollars a month, or four dollars fifty cents. Four hundred fifty dollars a month. If four hundred and fifty a month, you want to look at processors that charge a a continuing very low percent on charges. What are you paying now per transaction as a percent? 
That is a good question. That's why it's really hard to ever trust any of the salespeople that call you. Because yeah. you got to drill down and find out what you're paying right now. So your my, your purchases, my, my, sorry, go ahead. Your purchases, you're clearing card not present, right? Yes, yes, their cards are on file. All right. So when you clear that way, everybody surcharges you, right? And the question is how much. So my belief is that uh, if you're a member of Sam's Club or Costco Wholesale. Mm. They're gonna. Are you a member of either of the warehouse clubs? I am Costco. Okay, yeah. so Costco is two percent, one point nine nine percent. When you're clearing card not present, and they charge twenty five percent per twenty five cents per transaction. Okay. So if you're running a four hundred and fifty dollar average charge, that means you're ending up uh, spending. Was that four and a half, nine dollars and twenty five cents for that charge? Is that okay. right? Um, yeah, that's probably pretty close because my total fees due, or my total fees due at the end of the month for my credit cards are right about four hundred dollars. Okay, so I want you. What I want you to do is I want you to call your current processor and say you want a full statement on all charges you're paying each month. Then I want you, since you're a Costco member, call uh, their service and see what they would charge you. You can figure out directly one to another if it would save you money going to an alternative processor. In a case where you have such a high average ticket, you may end up saving an enormous amount of money clearing through one of the warehouse club programs than what you're paying right now. But the salespeople that call you and tell you how much money they're going to save you, never, ever believe it till you have drilled down to what your own numbers are costing you. Connie is with us. And Connie, you have a question as a credit card customer you wanted to run by me. I do. Thanks for taking my call, Clark. I'm about to take a trip to Florence, Italy to see the wonderful art and the Tuscany region. And I'm looking for a credit card with no foreign exchange charges and no annual fee. I called the two cards that I have. One was 2.73% and one was 3%. Yuck. So do you have any suggestions? Yeah, it's funny because today it's so easy to find cards with no foreign transaction fee. The simplest answer is that Capital One, almost every card they issue now is no foreign transaction fee. Sounds good. And no annual fee. I mean, that's the quickest, easiest answer. It's becoming more and more unusual that a card does charge foreign currency transaction fees, though. Well, there you are. What about a a prepaid credit card? Does that make sense when you're You would not do it. You want an actual real credit card, especially with foreign travel. If there were any charges later that that you wanted to dispute you don't have the normal rights with a prepaid card that you would have with a traditional credit card. Got it, Clark. Thanks a lot. All right, let me tell you one other thing, and that is when you're in Italy, probably more so than most countries, you're going to be presented with either clearing in euros or in dollars. Always select euros. Okay. 
Why is that? Because it's a ripoff fee when they tell you they're going to clear in dollars. They charge you a lousy, terrible exchange rate. So you clear in euros, and then if you're with a credit card with no foreign transaction fee, you clear straight up. Okay. And having just been in that region of Italy again just a couple of months ago, run down to Siena as well. Siena's <laughs> oh, Florence without all the crowds. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 